Hello and welcome to Cancria, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And uh, thank you for joining me, Sebastian. I was, uh, I'm glad you made it. Yes, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I made it to the internet. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, we have a bit of a packed schedule for today's show. It's going to be... Uh, there's definitely a, a fair thing, fair few things going on in the in the LGBTQ world, as mm -hmm. it were. Uh, but before we dive into all things gay, mm -hmm. how was your week? How how have you been? Um, I I've been I've been well, I suppose. I I, I fell a little bit behind on work. I caught up a little bit on work. Uh, my my gentleman friend has kindly requested me to grow a beard for his sake, uh, which I hate, but I'm doing it for him because it, it makes him damp in the nether it, regions. It is giving me, our <laughs> listeners on the radio obviously can't see, but if I was to describe it, uh, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a split between uh, unkempt mm. and 70s adult cinema uh, lead actor. I have a I have an uneven beard. It looks like a handlebar mustache with some scruff. Mm, that's that's the vibe. Yeah, it's giving like you're working towards auditioning for the village people. Mm-hmm. Or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I'm I'm tepid on it, but I'm I'm doing it for his sake. Yeah, I've grown. I I usually keep my beard at a relatively similar length. I don't know why we're on beard talk today. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, for me it's the opposite. If I'm completely clean shaven, then my gentleman friend uh, does not uh, does not appreciate that. Uh, but I quickly look like a wildebeest if it gets uh, if it grows for too long. So these are the things that we uh, that we deal with. Now, mm -hmm. first of all, uh, we reached out to Global Affairs Canada and Minister Jolie's uh, office. Uh, and oh, we let me go. So they we asked a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> Uh, to Global Affairs and the Minister, they are working on a response. I the, mm -hmm. the reason why I stammered there is because they've just emailed me. We told them that the show goes live today at four. We are now live mm -hmm. at four, uh, and mm -hmm. they've asked politely if we can extend our deadline uh, <laughs> to end of day tomorrow. So, um, I mean, the short answer is no, because we are currently live, currently talking about it. But we'll give them it's a bit like longer. It's like that one friend who steps into the shower at the time you're expecting them to show up at your house. And then when you leave without them, they're shocked and surprised and angry. Why didn't you wait for me? Yeah. We said 7.30 and you were an hour late. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I get it. I've, I've asked uh, some government bureaucrats to have something ready in six hours <laughs> and uh you know if anyone's worked with the government bureaucrats that is a very tight uh, turnaround and uh mm -hmm. you know maybe it's not the most pressing media story out there but later mm -hmm. on today we'll we'll give them a little bit more time to respond to the questions that we had passed uh, mm -hmm. but we will be talking about canada's response to what has now been broadly billed as the most anti-gay law in the world that mm -hmm. has been passed in Uganda. Um, I think uh, we'll we'll dive into it in just a bit because I don't want to kind of take the the wind out of the sails, uh, but give the government a bit of a bit of a minute to uh, 
to get their response together. But before then, I wanted to share with everybody that uh, coming up this, I want to say Friday. Is it 31st Friday or was it Thursday? I don't know. You tell okay, me. Let me let me just check that because <laughs> we're adults. We know the answer to this. Yeah, I think it's uh, Thursday or Friday. Okay. Okay. No, no, it is Friday. My instinct. Okay. I should have stuck with it. So this Friday is uh, the uh, Trans Day of Visibility. It's an mm -hmm. international day. Uh, it's broadly celebrated by a whole bunch of agencies here in Canada, which aims to raise the profile on uh, discrimination and harassment of trans folks that exist here in Canada. Uh, obviously, being an international day, they spotlight it worldwide. Uh, mm -hmm. Pride at Work, who we've interviewed their executive director uh, a number of times, uh, no, mm -hmm. just once actually, uh, we've interviewed them on um, being openly gay at, uh, at work, mm -hmm. but they issued a press uh, release about uh, trans day of uh, visibility. The key quote here I'll read is, regardless of gender identity, gender expression, and sexual orientation, Everyone should have their work and lived experience valued, participating mm -hmm. in the labor market with dignity and respect to achieve their full potential. Uh, one of the stats that they cite is that despite nearly 90% of trans people in Canada having a high level of education, more than half are earning 30 grand a year or less. Now, we've met quite a few uh, older trans ladies in mm -hmm. our work when we worked with the auto police service separately but same yes. job and mm -hmm. they were always incredibly well educated university yes. degrees up the wazoo mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. but struggling struggling to to make ends meet struggling to to find gainful employment um it's there's a whole myriad of reasons why caution on the front of uh, well, caution, but really is discrimination by employers afraid mm -hmm. of increased insurance costs um, through to discomfort around passing privilege and so on and so forth. It's There are a million reasons, and I think collectively it creates an environment where, as Pride at Work indicates, trans folks tend to be uh, disproportionately at lower levels of income because mm -hmm. of the result of this... Lots of little bits of discrimination that, when collectively added up, have quite a significant impact. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what is your experience there? Because I know that you've you've spoken with many of these folks over the oh over yes. Years. Uh, one of the more interesting conversations I had on the topic was with one lady who I will remain unnamed just because I'm going to mention uh, her past working with Stats Canada. If you know who I'm talking about, mm -hmm. working as a demographer and a statistician with Stats Canada. One of the things that she pointed out was uh, when you look at the data and from her own personal experience and from speaking with other trans women, uh, they tend to do much better in small to medium sized companies uh, than in corporations or working for the government, even though a lot of corporations and government have outreach programs and hiring practices and whatnot. And she said one of the main reasons is if there's any discomfort at work with being LGBT uh, or in her case, specifically trans, it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the office and most small businesses have something like 30 to 60 people there. That's, that's not a lot of conversations to have. And the other thing is that a lot of small businesses don't have large facilities and they, a lot of them only have single use bathrooms. So the bathroom issue is just off the table. 
So it's it's really interesting seeing the relationship between the LGBT community and corporation size that you've got. You've got certain things like uh, all of Canada's banks have very assertive outreach programs and diversity programs and pride organizations. Um, but if you're working for, I don't know, like the Canadian branch of Google or something, and we do have Google offices here in Ottawa, um, it's mixed. Sometimes those big corporations are good. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they they have um, policies in place that are really just there for optics. They're not really well enforced. Smaller businesses do tend to be better environments in general. And uh, a lot of that really just comes down to either smaller businesses ha are very frequently have LGBT owners, or you can just have one-on-one -on -one conversations. But smaller businesses do have ceilings to them. So you could be a very good accountant and you can still never make more than 60K a year because you're at a small business. Mm. And that that's that's your ceiling. So I think some of that is, some of the lower than average income stuff is the, the ceiling is lowered because a lot of us do end up working at small companies. I work at a small company. Um, and some of it is troubles finding gainful employment because people look at you and they just get nervous. So it, yeah. it's it's a complicated issue. So obviously there's going to be a complicated range of things that feed into why this is true. Well, for anyone who maybe operates a small business and uh, maybe has trans staff or may not know they have trans staff uh, or are just looking to see how they can improve, Pride at Work Canada offers uh, offers offers get my mm -hmm. uh, my my f's and my p's the right way around uh they have a virtual program called the thrive program uh which is really about developing leadership in uh trans two-spirited and, and queer folks but they also provide webinars e-learning training resources mm -hmm. and when we spoke to them they were very very well uh well equipped and mm -hmm. they speak the language of business you know what i mean mm -hmm. and uh, you know they talk about bottom line they talk about mm -hmm. you know sops and actually i have a member of my board who uh consistently says sops and every now and then i have to google it to remember what an <laughs> sop is because it's in the world of nonprofits, mm -hmm. it's not as ubiquitous as as you know one may find but mm -hmm. i think this uh, transitions quite nicely to another story I wanted to talk about that features Canadian businesses. Now, the for the first time ever, it's first of its kind, according to some coverage by PinkNews.co.uk. The Canadian Chamber, uh, the Canada's LGBTQ uh, Chamber of Commerce, the C uh -huh. CGLCC. Uh, as well as Out Britain, which is a chamber of commerce for British uh, LGBT organizations, uh, mm -hmm. they had a joint uh, trade mission event in the UK uh, to really kind of foster building those uh, import-export relationships between Canadian businesses that are gay-owned or uh, allied looking for a diversity in suppliers, and then the British... Uh, British um, ones of the same uh, same ilk. Now, Daryl uh, Sherman, the CEO and co-founder of the Canadian Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, uh, is quoted as saying, and I'll quote here, this is a historic moment for Canada's LGBTQ businesses, and we are proud to be promoting and supporting their growth internationally. The British guy said much the same thing as you would expect. Um, mm -hmm. But what I found quite interesting, and that relates here, 
is some of the stats that the CGLCC indicated, the Canadian Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, and that is that there are over 100,000 LGBTQ-owned businesses in Canada uh, mm-hmm. that generate over $22 billion in annual revenue. Like, that's a lot of gay businesses. Well, this is something, okay, th- this is this is not queer news. This is just small business news. I grew up in a family where almost everyone in my family worked for small business. It has always annoyed me that when you talk about politics, people always look at large corporations when something, I don't remember the stats. It, dep- it changes year by year, but it's something like a third to a quarter of Canadians um, work for small businesses. Uh, the, the collective economic force of all the small businesses in Canada uh almost outstrips the corporate forces i think government education and healthcare are like our biggest competitors in terms of of number of employers and employees i should say uh, but yeah small businesses are huge and they're really underestimated if they got together into a, a unified chamber of commerce like watch out canadian government they could really throw their weight behind stuff um but yeah i mean that that does kind of um follow nicely from what i said earlier about just the the sheer volume of small businesses out there and when you're saying small businesses bear in mind if you have an accountant who just works independently isn't part of a firm and they're at home that is a a a small business of one owner and one employee you have that Mm -hmm. i cannot remember the term the sole that's it sole proprietorship so you're also including things like lawyers and consultants and and interior decorators and and well, i don't know including interior decorators then that certainly uh drives up the list actually last week was it last week or the week before i was gonna say landscaping as well but, yeah, yeah we were talking about uh occupations that are disproportionately gay and a lot of mm-hmm. those do lend mm-hmm. themselves to independent contractors or small small businesses small business sole proprietorship yeah but it's not all you know pride parades and rainbows they provide some additional details one in five lgbtq owned businesses face challenges abroad due to being a part of the community according to the Canadian Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, as well as one in three uh, gay-owned businesses having purposefully hidden their LGBTQ status to be able to create business abroad. Uh, One in three have faced discrimination for being LGBTQ. One in four have lost contracts due to being LGBTQ-owned. And one Mm -hmm. in five find it difficult to access mentorship and coaching. Overall, they say LGBTQ businesses are underrepresented in global trade. Quite exciting to see that they were able to have a trade uh, mission uh, go Mm -hmm. to the UK. The parliamentary secretary and one of the openly gay members of parliament, the Honourable Rob Oliphant, the parliamentary secretary for foreign affairs, uh, Liberal MP, uh, attended the event and spoke to it, very much encouraging more more trade and business uh, as mm-hmm. you would as you would you know expect in that case um but yeah i think this is this is pleasant news mm-hmm. and we don't quite get enough of that so yeah. i uh, i very much took the opportunity to make sure that we are including some pleasant news in today's in today's uh, show also buried in this article uh Actually, I read a few articles on this. Buried in one of these articles, I can't remember which one. They they kind of mentioned that one of the reasons why they were doing this is they're getting ahead of the curve. That Canada and the UK 
are reviewing our trade agreements and apparently free trade is on the table as a possibility and my brain was just like what what like you're gonna bury that that that's big news and you're bearing that in this article but anyway well, i mean it's for anyone who's been keeping an eye ever since uh brexit the british government has been looking to increase its global trade relationships um and canada is is on the list they had a great We're... deal with australia recently mm -hmm. um so they uh they, you know they're certainly working on it but trade deals take trade deals are measured in decades they're not measured mm -hmm. in measured in years yeah. um we're going to jump to a track that's not Canadian. And the reason why it's not Canadian is because I have an unhealthy obsession with Eurovision. Please and tell me this is Moldova. No, this is not Moldova. Oh. Uh, this is Evidemont by Lazara, the French entry. And okay. as you know, the French deliver. Uh -huh. Every Eurovision. <laughs> the French are always a highlight. They always uh -huh. only sing in French because they are mm. France. Uh, the rest of Europe splits it between English. You get maybe three or four that sing in their indigenous language that nobody knows, mm -hmm. except obviously that country. Um, mm -hmm. But the French uh, insist on French every time because it is the way of the French. And, but we have uh, learned uh, that Azerbaijani house music is actually really dick beats it is yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. but i wanted to we in the run-up to the eurovision semi-finals and final we tend to play a little bit of uh some eurovision now yeah. may muller who is the artist being put forward by the uk uh, it is being hosted in liverpool in the uk uh the united kingdom uh this year i forget exactly when it is in may maybe you can look that up as i speak um it's being held in Liverpool. The contest was won by the Ukraine uh, last year. However, when Russia illegally invaded and, uh, you know, continues to drop bombs on the Ukraine to this day, it's not really an ideal environment for hosting an international singing competition. So the UK is hosting it as they came second and mm -hmm. uh, it'll be hosted in Liverpool. Uh, but May Muller, you may probably, you probably don't recognize her, but she has a connection to Mika. Lazara, the, the singer is actually from Montreal originally. Technically, this is Canadian content. Oh, is it? Well, I doubt the song counts as Canadian content, you know, when we consider <laughs> the, the MAPL rules. But uh, yeah, it's uh, May Muller, well, you may recognize it because in the song Grace Kelly, Mm -hmm. uh, where the kid goes, hey, what you doing? Like that in the uh -huh. background. That's her. Uh -huh. <laughs> now oh, my she's, God. Now she's all grown up and uh, the British entry to Univision. But we're not listening to her because that song is actually relatively boring. But uh, <laughs> Evidemment by Lazara is not boring. Uh, Lazara uh -huh. from Montreal is what we learned today. And we will be back just after this. I'm going to mute you, though, Seb, and then uh, we'll be back just after this. J'oublie comme si ce n'était rien 
Dans mon jardin d'enfer Pousse tes fleurs Que j'arrose de mes rêves De mes pleurs On a beau sur le toit Du monde On ne peut toucher le ciel Du doigt Welcome back to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. Oh, uh, oh, I don't know why I'm not hearing. Oh, there we go. I turned you down <laughs> and I turned you back up again. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen. Uh, well, all right. So that was uh, that was Evidemment uh, by Lazara, and uh, we actually have some. Uh, Canadian musicians, openly queer-identified Canadian musicians, coming up later in the show. Me, she, and the Hyenas, uh, two separate bands there with two of their latest tracks uh, coming up to the show as we move forward. Now, uh, I did, during the, the song break there, issue a quick uh, response to Global Affairs Canada, who were asking for a little bit more time. Um, we don't know whether or not we're going to see uh, see details from that. But here is why we asked them uh, a series of questions. So I'll, I'll start it off with uh, what I asked them. The Ugandan well, parliament let, this past week... Yeah, let's week, start with the yeah, news. Yeah, yeah, with the actual the actual news story, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So the yep. Ugandan parliament this week have passed what is being billed as the most anti-gay law in the world, which mm -hmm. is quite you know, which is actually quite the achievement, mm -hmm. um, you know, for that uh, to that to be to be uh, the, the case. Um, mm -hmm. 
It is it is extensive. It got to the point where two members, I think it was like 306, the, the vast, vast majority of Ugandan parliamentarians voted in favor of it. However, mm-hmm. two of the Ugandan parliamentarians of the political party in power, so I think uh, two of the 389 legislators uh, voted against it, uh, noting, and I think there's a great quote here from uh, Odoi Oiwelawo. Uh, he says, The bill is inconce- ill-conceived. It contains provisions that are unconstitutional, reverses the gains registered in the fight against gender-based violence, and criminalizes individuals instead of the conduct that contravenes all known legal norms. The bill doesn't introduce any valuable addition to the statute book and available legislative framework. Now, Uganda famously introduced a very anti-gay bill in, I want to say, 2013, uh, which was eventually struck down by their courts for being unconstitutional. It is mm-hmm. possible that this egregious bill will also be struck down in the Ugandan courts for being unconstitutional. Uh, the approach that many people are taking is the hope that the Ugandan president, Movani, will not give uh, assent, will not sign the bill, bringing it into law. However, mm-hmm. recent statements by the president of Uganda indicate that he is pretty much, very much in favor of this law. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not that's not a likely scenario that we're going to see. What the law does uh, is it does it does many many things, but one of the things um, that it does oh I'm sorry I'm looking here at uh, at the wrong the wrong thing entirely. Um, it it increases the punishments that are already in place. So homosexuality is already uh, homosexual acts are already illegal in Uganda, uh, but now they are illegal to the point of life sentences. And mm-hmm. uh, anyone who has uh, does a homosexual act as defined by the Ugandan law and has HIV is now going to be convicted of aggravated homosexuality, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great, great phrase. Um, and that could include up to the death sentence. Mm-hmm. Now, bearing in mind that HIV transmission and rates is pretty high in Uganda, uh, mm-hmm. on accounts of the testing and treatment not being readily and easily available. Mm-hmm. Um, also from the climate that is highly, uh, highly uh, abrasive towards LGBT folks, the, the, the care and uh, ability to, to provide HIV care is not there. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyone who is caught doing a homosexual act who is then tested and identified as having HIV could be given the death sentence as a aggravated homosexual act. Mm-hmm. Um, a life sentence for uh, just sexual acts, but also it has very, very broad, vague terminology that includes prison sentences and fines for promoting uh, homosexuality and normalizing homosexuality. So, for example, if you were walking down the street and holding hands, that would be normalizing homosexuality, and you could be uh, sentenced to jail for that particular act. Oh. It's essentially legislating away the existence of being gay in Uganda. 
to a certain degree um they've even made it there's a, a jail time i think it's 10 years just for identifying as lgbt and or with the provision uh that other people can report you as well so other people can report you for for being gay and uh it's already turning into a nationwide blackmail scheme apparently yeah. there, there's already reports coming in of people calling others and saying give me money or i'll report to the police that you're gay or that you said a thing or that you confided in me in something in secret like it, it's really not going as planned although i have no idea what their plan is but even even laying low, maybe being a little bit secret, maybe uh, knowing that your brother or your sister or your your parents uh, or what have you, maybe knowing that they're gay, not outing them to the police can land you with five years in jail. Mm. So there is a duty to report in the legislation, and anyone who does not report could face jail time. So if a, if a particularly vindictive uh, community is aware that one person is gay, they can target everyone around them as well as the gay person under mm -hmm. this new legislation. It is absolutely obscene. Mm -hmm. Justin Trudeau was asked about it at Question Time last Wednesday. He said that he is considering the options available, in particularly imploring the Commonwealth nations uh, which is a which was a group of former British colonies, but now mm -hmm. uh, expands to a large number of countries, um, not all of whom were British colonies. But he is asking the Commonwealth to see what they can do. He said that they're considering the options on the quote appalling and abhorrent legislation, uh, but we didn't have any other details from the Canadian government. What we realized is that the information available on Global Affairs Canada about Uganda has not been updated to reflect this legislation. Um, oh. It didn't. We weren't able to identify any kind of press statements or, or media releases from Global Affairs Canada on this. We oh. did ask them if they have a statement. Um, do they intend to update the travel advice? And what impact this would have on funded projects in Uganda, where there are tens of millions of dollars in Canadian funded projects uh, in Uganda around sexual health, sexual mm -hmm. reproductive health and uh, rights with a number of uh, partnering organizations there. Uh, we were directed to a separate department when asking about uh LGBT Ugandans being able to move out of the country. But mm -hmm. Canada hasn't really responded to this in the same way that other countries have. The uh, Secretary of State uh, Blinken in the United States um, very much implored the Ugandan uh, government to not pass this piece of legislation. The press secretary, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, said that, that they are looking into... Um, essentially into potential uh, sanctions. A lot mm -hmm. of the aid from the United States to Uganda is through the uh, AIDS prevention program. And this, uh, this bill very much curtails access to being able to provide uh, preventative care to men mm -hmm. having sex with men in Uganda, potentially jeopardizing access to a lot of those uh, that aid. 
Uh, in the UK, MPs are calling on the government to identify a fast-track route for uh, asylum seekers fleeing Uganda as a result of this legislation coming into effect, um, saying it is, you know, the culmination of a long-standing campaign of persecution against LGBTQ people in Uganda. Now, the president of Uganda has uh, some choice words, uh, essentially saying that the West is attempting to normalize deviance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, ironically, he says, you know, these are deviations on the norm. Is this nature? Is this nurture? Where is the evidence? Uh, we actually, you know, we've interviewed a great neuroscientist on this uh, who studied the hypothalamus. Um, and there are droves of scientific studies that showing that homosexuality is in in the evidence, or you know, in in, in the, the the sort of the, the large body of scientific research into homosexuality, mm-hmm. all of them, not all of them, but the vast, vast, vast majority, agree that it is nurture. Well, it's yeah. it's found in nature yeah, outside exactly. of, of the human species. I mean, that's the, the, the easy ones are, are penguins. What is it? Uh, penguins, dolphins. dolphins, obviously dolphins, bonobos, lions. Like there, there's a, a few very famous examples. Um, but I've I've been paying attention to news out of Africa for a while now. And uh, around the time the FIFA World Cup was happening, a lot of people... Um, we're referring to a lot of the pride activities at the world cup as uh western cultural uh pro-colonization that they they view lgbt issues as being colonial in in nature that it is a form of cultural colonization and that we are trying to undermine uh african values i i've seen all sorts of of talks about that sort of thing as well as talks about uh, religious conservatism and uh, sort of anti-Westernism to a certain degree. I, I have seen people saying things like, uh, if we don't get aid, that's not a big deal because we don't really like you people anyway, that kind of thing. Um, there is a lot of work being done for HIV treatment in Africa. So uh, with the HIV angle, um, Within the Eastern African context, HIV is not just a gay male issue. This is true everywhere in the world, but it is definitely just a population level um, pandemic, basically, that's been going on for about 40 years, and it, it affects everyone equally. And I believe the last I heard, the, the most successful group to actually bring aid to Africa were HIV treatment facilities from India because they're not really seen as being Western and not a lot of people know there's a relationship between East Africa and India. There's a lot of immigration between uh, the two continents, um, especially to Mozambique and um, oh, what's the place that um, Freddie Mercury's from? Zanzibar, that's it. Uh, oh no, he's Moroccan. What am I talking about? But yeah, uh, there, there's a huge Indian population in Zanzibar because it's that old spice trade kind of route but anyway um so there have been other routes in and if they're going to cut off the west the hiv aid is not going to just get cut off like a tap there will be other venues but it is going to be seriously curtailed because they may not trust uh techniques or medications or methods that are brought in from the west even if it is through india 
I mean, it's worth noting that I think it's something like $19 million worth of vehicles come from Canada and go to Uganda. You know, vehicle Mm -hmm. parts and pieces. Canadians are doing an awful lot of business with Uganda. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, they're certainly happy to ship their fruits and vegetables here. They're happy Mm -hmm. to take our money and uh, take our business. uh, But certainly not the idea that people are born gay, which is fine. But this idea of homosexuality sexuality being a a Western construct and not something that is African is also being pushed back by Africans. Yeah, Um, yeah. One of the most notable things to come out of this was a study done by Open Democracy, which is a, uh, they're owned, they were a a registered company, but they're owned by the Open Democracy Foundation in the UK. And they researched the role that American United States evangelist organizations have in Africa. And of the $54 million that was spent by evangelist organizations in Africa, half of that was in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the the American evangelizing is really at an astonishing level in yeah, Uganda, yeah. and they're there also, are... by the way, attributed to being one of the reasons why uh, parts of sub-Saharan Africa do not trust Western medicine. Was that a lot of these American evangelists would go and bring weird remedy kind of don't trust vaccine messaging with them, um, and. The whole point of science is that you should question it. This uh, this whole narrative of don't question the science. Eh, science is there to be questioned. But you should also listen to the answer. And there is, they, they brought that deny science attitude and not the, you know, look at the evidence before you believe something a- aspect of, of science. So there has been huge issues in parts of Africa where um, treatments have just been abandoned halfway through. Um, there was, uh, I think it was um, Red Nile disease. They were they were trying to treat that. I think it was Red Nile, and uh, a lot of the medications just ended up getting abandoned because people just started distrusting Western medicine after a while because of the evangelists. It's it's a real issue. It's it's they're using Western interference talking points in order to curtail Western interference. And fair enough, there's a lot of countries around the world that are concerned about Western interference, but I don't think this is the way. Like, you're not... This is... This is not the way. That's all I can say about that. And unfortunately, many of the neighboring nations are not necessarily safe havens. This is one of the things that we've talked about before when we're talking about Ukraine, that a lot of the people fleeing the Ukraine, a lot of them end up going to the US or Canada or UK and end up going back to somewhere like Romania or Moldova, which is close to Ukraine and culturally more similar. They can assimilate better. They're more likely to speak a common language. If you look at the neighboring countries of Uganda, you get Kenya, the Congo, um, Mozambique, not a lot of countries that are known for human rights for homosexuality onto themselves. So it really does seem like there's just a regional issue that is bigger than this story mm-hmm. although this story is making it worse there was a uh, i believe an interview on i i want to say the current on the cbc and mm. uh, i think it was the speaker there from the human rights watch was saying that this is frankly just low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. this is a distraction technique uh you know this is people this is a country where members of the, pol- the military raid people who criticize the president on twitter 
and mm-hmm. uh, you know the extra you know illegal arrests are, are widespread human rights watch uh, was able to point to a whole slew of things corruption uh, police brutality uh, none of which are uh, as much of a priority as this legislation's attempt at uh, introducing there was one member of parliament in Uganda who suggested that life imprisonment was not enough for gay men who existed in Uganda and that castration should be introduced to the bill. Um, it was not introduced to the bill and it was not passed. However, life imprisonment remains on the bill. It is expected to be signed by Museveni uh, anytime soon. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next. What role does Canada play here? I don't know. But the irony that I found was that on the High Commission in Nairobi, uh, in Nairobi, Kenya, the Canadian High Commission there, which is responsible for, amongst other countries, Uganda, uh, mm-hmm. their banner image is celebrating sexual and gender diversity. And yet there is they are mum <laughs> on what is mm. now the most heinous anti-gay law in the world being introduced in Uganda. So I will add that uh, that ironic uh, misfortune to uh, to the well, global affairs when they get back to us. Kenya is nestled between Uganda and Somalia. I don't think they want to rock the boat on certain political well, issues. We'll see what they say. We're going to be playing now with uh, It's Not Up To Me, the unplugged version by the hyenas. And we will be back just after this. It's not up to me to come running to you whenever you're in distress. At the beck and call of a wrecking ball You make my love a mess Not gonna tuck my tail Between my legs and run Not gonna stop and freeze Consider what's been Twisted words so aimless Do your disbelief It's not up to me To make you famous Not gonna tuck my tail Between my legs and run Not gonna stop and freeze Consider what's been
And welcome back to Cancria, home of Canada's queer medium. My name is Luke Smith. And Sebastian is waiting to join the conversation. There we go. Hello, I'm here. I did I, not mute myself and forget to unmute. I don't know what you're talking you, about. That is exactly what you did. Um, <laughs> I wanted to mention that uh, I forgot to say earlier that 260 Ugandans in Toronto met up on Sunday uh, in a solidarity meeting against the new anti-gay act in uh, in Uganda. They had Toronto Centre MPP Kristen Wong Tam and the Reverend Brant Hawks joining them. They have a press conference planned for Friday. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to make it there as well as a demonstration on Sunday, April 2nd at Dundas Square in Toronto. A huge number of Ugandans very quickly mobilizing to to address this unbelievably hateful legislation mm -hmm. uh, in in Uganda. Now, uh, last week we spoke about efforts by uh, a lawsuit against Grinder by a Nova Scotia man filed in uh, I think it was L.A. or somewhere like that. Um, <clears throat> And one of the things that it sort of hinged on was whether or not Grindr was sufficiently doing enough to age verify its users, knowing these two facts separately. Fact mm -hmm. one, that underage users were using Grindr, a male gay hookup app. Mm -hmm. And also fact B, that there were known to be predators using Grindr targeting particularly younger gay men so mm -hmm. that with this information they ought to have taken reasonable steps such as more explicit uh, age verification now whether or not this is related to that lawsuit that got filed remains to be seen but mm -hmm. this week grinder was in the news for what appears to be a very good news story okay and that is that grinder has paired up i've already lost the page uh they've paired up with uh a organization in the usa to provide free hiv home tests they're introducing a free hiv home test button mm -hmm. in the united states and uh then they will be able to send you a uh uh a free HIV test to help tackle the growing rates of HIV infection in the United States. Now, in and of itself, that is excellent news because one of the reasons why HIV continues to spread is simply from people not being aware of whether or not they have HIV. You may have HIV and not have the symptoms that are evident or obvious and then inadvertently pass them along to others in Canada, not knowing is not an excuse in the law. Uh, you have mm -hmm. an obligation to take your, your medical health seriously and be tested. Uh, HIV tests in Canada, I believe, are free. So it's not an issue here. But in the United States, um, I don't think it is as free in as many places. So this mm -hmm. is, on the face of it, good news. And okay. I had mentioned why, to why you... Why are you saying on the face of it? I mean, that, that it is it is good news. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, yeah, yeah. It is good news. Good job, Grinder. Okay, tackling HIV spread by you know sending out free HIV tickets. Well, you, you know they're also in the news for another reason. Well, they also sent a nationwide alert to Egypt. 
Yes. Because they, there were reports of, I think it's like over 150 occasions when the Egyptian police have effectively entrapped gay men uh, in using Grindr as well as Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram. Uh, mm -hmm. But essentially, Grindr issued a notice to everybody in Egypt that uses Grindr saying that the Egyptian authorities were hacking into real accounts in order to attract uh, other gay men uh, in in Egypt. So I think I'd mentioned that before because this is not the first time that Grinder has issued a health notice uh, to a whole area. And this is a nationwide notice in in Egypt. Was that mm. the the story you were talking about? Yes, yes, it was. Yes, yeah. um, this is a um, a very different approach. Um, they have been accused of uh, being a security cesspool in the past. Uh, or a leaky bucket, I guess you could say, with regards to data. However it was that they were hacked, although it could have just been that they forced access to unarrested individuals' accounts. Um, but this is the right approach. They're, they're doing a good thing here by sort of announcing, by the way, there's a honeypot scheme. Watch out when you're on the app. Which could hurt the bottom line in terms of eyes looking at advertisements. Mm -hmm. um, but Still, I mean, that's the right thing to do. It was. I'm proud of them. It, 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 it is good news. I mm. do think the fact that they are facing a serious lawsuit about the ease of access of underage boys accessing Grinder and mm. the prevalence of some people taking advantage of that fact. Um, you know, are those two things connected? Maybe, maybe not, but uh, we will we'll see. Now, I did have a Church of England update as well. Ooh. Now, we've spoken a few times essentially about whether or not there will be a schism in the Church of England. This is because a large number of African archbishops uh, essentially said they no longer have faith in the Archbishop of Canterbury, the 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 first among equals of the primates of the Anglican Church, uh, with the, the gist of the issue being that the Anglican Church in most of the West Europe, uh, North America, uh, are keen to enable same-sex marriages. Uh, the Anglican Church, the Church of England in Africa, is very, very, very keen on that not being the case, uh, right. essentially uh, potentially tearing the church asunder. Now, this is not being helped by members of the British Parliament. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but in Britain, the Church of England in the area that you reside in your riding has a legal obligation to marry you if requested. Oh. Yeah, they, they can't just opt out of marrying you. However, the Same-Sex Marriage uh, Act in Britain specifically carved out exemptions in law for mm -hmm. the Church of England. So every other church has to marry people in Britain with the exception of the Church of England because mm. of the carve-out in law. Well, with the Church of England continuing to drag its feet on same-sex marriage, being now the only institution in the UK that does not conduct same-sex marriages, uh, the British government, uh, or rather members of parliament, not necessarily the government, are exploring changes to the law to essentially remove these protections from the Church of England mm -hmm. and thereby make the decision for them. 
they're removing an exception, which is very different from forcing them. If everyone is forced, then you're in there with them. Yeah. That sounds like a, a Henry VIII age kind of law that you have to get married if you ask your local church and they can't turn you aside for whatever reason. The, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's 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 an oldie law for sure. Oldie yeah, yeah, law. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the that's the vibe I get. Oldie timey law. These are things yeah, yeah, that yeah. happen. Yeah. The other update is uh, in the UK, the Scottish Nationalist Party in the Scottish government passed a bill, essentially making uh, self identification on gender identity possible with gender recognition certificates. Now, this is the practice already in a number of countries, including Ireland and I believe Norway and Sweden, and mm -hmm. Scotland was going to follow through. Uh, the British government, for the first time in its history, used Section 35 sorry, of the Scotland Act to block the Gender Recognition Reform Bill. Uh, shortly after that, the leader of the Scottish Nationalist Party resigned in a bit of a shock move. Nicola Sturgeon stepped aside, and if you recall that happening, there was a big debate in Scotland, a real schism of uh, left and right values within what is typically a left-wing party, the Scottish Nationalist Party. Mm -hmm. uh, it ended up being Humza Youssef has now been confirmed as the leader of the new Scottish National Party. And uh, he plans to challenge Westminster's, Westminster's use of Section 35. Um, I think there was about 51,000 people who voted in the, uh, in the poll between him and the other contender. And uh, he had 26,000 and she had 20,000. She is a by-the-books Christian, um, mm -hmm. opposed, or opposed this particular law. Um, I think she had... Uh, unpopular things to say on gay marriage in Scotland. Um, but my point here is that 20,000 to 26,000 really demonstrates that Scotland and rather the Scottish Nationalist Party was divided on this issue for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, as you know, one of Scotland's uh, more well-known exports is stand-up comics. And I've seen a few of them say things to the tune of, whether you agree with the trans thing or not, England should not be able to do this to us. Like there is a, a mm -hmm. strong Scottish independence attitude towards this, which is um, regardless of the divisiveness, potentially, depending on where you are in the country, because um, it, it can be a pretty conservative country as well. Um, a lot of them are just like, this is not fair, that that's not what the relationship between Scotland and England is supposed to be. So we'll see how this plays out. Absolutely. Well, that's all we have time for today. We're playing out with Nothing Lasts Forever by Mishi, and we will be back just, uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully with a statement from Global Affairs Canada. Would you stay with me if I say thank you, thank you, thank you, would you stay, could you stay? I'll give you a million reasons why If you would just stay with me I would grow wings, I'd learn to fly If you'd stay, could you stay?
I'll take a trip, trip back in time and space I'll erase all trace of shattered the rain of Goodbye.